0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com
1: and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
2: about you, Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys?
1: This is Girls Talk Boys Talk. Presented by
0: Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys.
2: And
3: broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Girls Talk Boys, talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, Jess Navarro, Aisha Morrison, and Christy Scales here with you on this lovely Thursday mm-hmm. afternoon. Our last podcast of the week after that, we will be talking about what the Dallas Cowboys did against the New York Giants for some Sunday night football, so very exciting stuff coming up in this episode. Let's get right to it, because mm-hmm. is the sky falling... Oh my goodness! The practice, uh, the injury report rather came out, and the panic, the panic that <laughs> arises, Twitter was, panic. It was there. It was at. A, it was at a one hundred. We're gonna bring you down a few notches. So we're gonna have this little this little time now to to breathe together. We're gonna we're gonna talk through things, and we're not gonna panic. There's no need to panic, right, Christy? That's right. No need to panic. Uh, Let's go through that injury report now. Uh, We'll start with what we already know, and then we'll get to the new. uh, I just like to keep you guys waiting because it's fun. Uh, Tyler Smith uh, was – let me see. Let me pull that up, actually. Tyler Smith is uh, somebody that has been in the topic of discussion yeah, he for was, He was
0: still working on the side with Britt Brown in the media portion that was open at practice today. So yeah. he's still dealing with that strained hamstring.
2: There you go. He okay. did not participate uh, in Thursday's practice. And then Donovan Wilson also did not participate, but we heard it was due to very happy and personal reasons uh, is what Mike McCarthy called it in the press conference. So we'll let Dono talk about that. Uh, When he is ready to talk about that. And then we had Sam Williams. Who's dealing with that turf toe. uh, Limited participant in practice. I talked to Sam yesterday. And he had told me that that would be the case. So I'm glad to see that there was no setbacks. Between the time I talked to him in the Mm -hmm. locker room. uh, To today. So good stuff there. Jordan Lewis. A full participant. Which (laughs) has been the case. uh, But still very good to see uh, J. Lou return from that foot injury. And then the panic starts. Tyron Smith limited today at practice with an ankle injury. Christy, I'm gonna defer right to you for this one. What do you know so far about Tyron Smith and what happened? Well, practice?
0: it it uh, happened uh, early in
2: practice,
0: but not so early that the media actually saw it. So uh, he was out there for the start of practice and uh, left with the ankle injury. Uh, reports are that he rolled it and that it's uh, not too serious. But um, with you with Tyler Smith already missing practice and that's too you know, two starters on the left side of the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So you already had Chuma Adoga, the veteran free agent acquisition this offseason, working in place of Tyler Smith at left guard. So that would leave um, on the depth chart uh, Awesome Richards, who is the rookie fifth-round pick from North Carolina. Those are the two guys that are backing up on the left side of the line. So uh, we'll know more tomorrow when Mike McCarthy does a conference call. But – you know, we will have to wait for that information from Mike, but hopefully, uh, Tyron will be able to play, but the, in regards to Tyler Smith, the fact that he missed both the Wednesday and Thursday practice, that doesn't bode real well, but what Mike McCarthy did say this morning is that if he's able to practice on Saturday, then, uh, presumably he could go on Sunday.
3: Yeah, really hoping that it's more of a precautionary thing with Tyron, obviously, if if it was early in practice or whenever it occurred, you know, to get him out of there, get inflammation taken care of, start really treating it right now um, to maybe get him ready. But you mentioned Awesome Richards. Talk about getting thrown in the fire if it's <laughs> – and and crazy enough, though, just from the interactions we've had with, with Awesome and stuff, I'm pretty sure he would be up for the challenge. He's not going to – he does give you some of those Tyler Smith vibes from last year. So it's, if it plays out that way, it, obviously it, it would be – I'm not – terribly terrified I'm not like I I think I've seen enough of Awesome that I think he could adapt very similar to Tyler did if he needed to yeah the thing is uh, Awesome had the situation
0: where he got thrown in in preseason where he had taken all he had taken most of his practice reps in training camp at guard and then Chuma Adoga gets hurt and he's Adoga's going to be starting the game at left tackle for preseason because you're not putting Tyron Smith or any of the starters out there for preseason and then Chuma gets hurt hurt and so awesome who's taken his reps at guard is now your left tackle of course he played that at university of north carolina but um you know he's he definitely got opportunities to show uh position flex and and uh versatility there in the preseason and in training camp but uh, i'll go back to something that i said a couple weeks ago here on girls talk boys talk because we know that folks join us as the season goes along and so they may not have heard um a the conversation I had with Will McClay on the sideline, um, before, was it before the second or the third preseason game, but they, um, Will felt that, uh, awesome had played much, much better at left tackle Mm -hmm. in preseason action than he did at guard. And that's just because, uh, First of all, he's used to it because that's what he played in college. But just basically with his footwork and working in space, so different being inside than outside. Mm -hmm. But um, they they felt that he played pretty well at left tackle. And as preseason progressed, they wanted to see him at guard just so – because he's not as used to that, and they wanted to see uh, if he could improve uh, on the inside there. Thanks for that, Christy. Yeah,
2: yeah, real quick, here's your reminder to text us all your questions, 817-290-3298. We're going to take questions throughout the rest of the show, so make sure to get those into us. Okay, so let's start with worst-case scenario first. Worst-case scenario, say both Smiths, and it's it's easier to say it that way, as opposed to Tyler and Tehran. Things can get a little tongue-tied there. What does the lineup look like for you? What is that starting lineup if both Smiths are not able to be in the game? And we're starting worst-case scenario. Mm-hmm. What does it look like? <laughs> who, who, who lines up in what order, Aisha?
3: Just like Christy said, awesome go. at left tackle, Edoga at left guard. I will say that we talked about Tyler Bass. T- Tyler Bass. TJ. TJ, TJ Bass.
2: <laughs> there's a lot of Tylers. There's there's just a lot.
3: Y'all know I asked him. I know this is random. I asked him what his first name was. I said, what does TJ stand for? He said, Travis Jr. Oh. Okay. Maybe huh. okay. Travis on the line. You know what I'm saying? like, <laughs> But, yeah. I know it's so random. But we, we did talk about him playing there. So, if Chuma, Chuma goes, does go in and play and maybe things don't work out, I, that would be the next option. Um, Obviously, you have a center Tyler Biotish uh Zach Martin and Terrence Steele at that right tackle and that is probably would be your best five. If it came back to it, put schoon on <laughs> going yeah, over there yeah, you, you can, you can, you you can, can help be on the left side yes yeah. you, can you can help, help on there. the left side
0: yeah. and, I, and I know what everyone's thinking if you're missing one or both guys on the left side or if those guys aren't a hundred percent oh run right run right And besides such great combo blocking between Terrence Steele and Zach Martin well the problem is the backside because mm. <laughs> the good good linemen and linebackers can come or edge guys mm-hmm. can come and make plays on the back side so that's a, a huge part of it so it's not like you can just be totally your offense right-handed for the game you know you still got to be able to uh, go left side
2: something I want to point out and I didn't realize this until I really started burying deep in uh, all of the Giants side of things was a lot of their starters also have not gotten preseason reps either. Mm-hmm. So I know that's been a big topic of conversation, and, and it usually is this first week of the season when, hey, your starters haven't seen the field in an actual you know game. This will be the first time you see the starting line together. Keep in mind, the Giants are at the same playing field. A lot of their starters also have not seen a lot of, if any, preseason playtime. And not only that, their offensive line is also on the rebuild. So... Again, I know it seems like it's it is a big deal and and it is an injury, but just look at things from the bigger picture, too, of the Dallas Cowboys are not the only team in the league dealing with offensive line issues. Right. Mm -hmm. And so obviously it's something we're going to keep a very close eye on. Um, It'll be interesting to see what that inactives list looks like 90 minutes before the game on Sunday. But overall, we had to go with uh, discussing that because I know. The sky was falling uh, on Twitter earlier today. Christy, I want to switch gears a little bit. Is there anything else uh, that you saw at practice today that is just worth noting? Uh, Anything you heard in the locker room? I know Dak spoke today. CD also spoke today. We can get into that a little bit anything worth noting from practice today as it's really the last time it is the last time media gets to see practice ahead of Sunday yeah Yeah,
0: you don't really get to see anything offense and defense in terms of seven on seven or team they're doing some position group work but what you do get to see during the regular season during the media portion it's mostly stretching but you do get to see some special teams (laughs) and so today they were working on punts and so you're going to have some changes this year uh, in your punt coverage just because guys like Luke Gifford left in free agency. Kelvin Joseph was traded, who was going to be the gunner sure. opposite of CJ Goodwin. And I believe that we mentioned this earlier in the week when we were talking about the conversation that we had with Jalen Tolbert on the Cowboy Hour Monday night that Bradsham and I uh, co host and uh, Jalen got a couple got a rep in preseason at Gunner Mm. and I saw him get some work at at Gunner today in the portion that was open to media now here's the thing about Jalen he was star wide receiver at South Alabama he did not play teams except maybe twice he was asked to go out and catch a punt field one safe punt that's where you just catch it so that nobody fumbles it, you're not expected to return it, other than catching a couple of punts and safe punt situations in college. He he didn't play special teams uh, in college, and so he was at a disadvantage last year coming in at his rookie season, and that's one reason why he was inactive a lot of the year, because guys like Dennis Houston mm-hmm. and Semifahoko yep. had had more – experience. So it's going to be real interesting. And then I uh, saw Wanye Thomas uh, get in work uh, as the personal protector. Love that. So that could be that's very exciting. interesting. Yeah. So, so um, again, this doesn't mean that they're going to be out necessarily out there first team on Sunday night, but that's something that's different that, that caught my eye was seeing guys doing different roles.
2: Aisha, I know you've done a lot of digging on Wanye, and mm-hmm. you talked to him in the locker room what is something, an asset that he could bring to the special teams unit that maybe could be a little overlooked right now?
3: Oh, and it's just his fire. One thing I've learned being able to talk to Christy about special teams and having her on is just some of the nuanced things that go into special teams, but also too, there's a there's a there's an aggression that you have to have to play teams. There's an attitude that you have to play, that you have to have to play teams. And as we've seen, they, it can make or break the game. Like, it can change the face of a game, you know, the special teams play. So for someone like Wanya, who's always looking to make an impact, he's just happy to be on the field, number one. Yeah. But he also is one of those guys that is a tone setter. He's a tone setter. He has that attitude, that fire. And just what you're looking for, I mean, those – To hear those guys, I haven't gotten... I'm sure you have, but I'm sure you hear the contact. You hear... It's so intense. It's one of the most violent parts of the game. Absolutely. absolutely. Truly. And someone like Wanye fits into that you see the fire he plays with you see how he's talking to himself he's hyping everybody up I think he could be a good addition attitude wise and and the physical play for special teams Mm -hmm.
2: wanted to make mention is during the preseason games uh when the or any game really when the Cowboys are at AT AT&T Stadium on the big jumbotron it's always a portion right before the game where it shows the team huddle and who's kind of in the middle pumping everybody up during the preseason. It started out as Demarvian Overshone and then after his injury when he was no longer uh, playing – it became Wanye Thomas. And mm-hmm. Wanye Thomas was right in the middle of that huddle pumping everyone up. So to your point, Aisha, he is that guy. He is a team-friendly player. He, talking to me in the locker room, he pumped me up. Mm-hmm. He, you know, I, I think it says a lot about a guy. Keep in mind, Wanye, you know, still new to the team, still really learning everybody and acclimating himself to the reporters around him. He remembered my name. Just, hey, Jess, what's up? How are you doing? <laughs> you feeling good yeah. today? Yeah. I'm like, dude, you don't have to pump me up. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. Wait, um, I'm wait. not playing, but... He's he's very personable, he's somebody that you're rooting for, and he's a guy that the teammates his teammates really love to be around.
0: Yeah, there was a would like to take people back to something last year, uh Wanye's rookie year and the uh some of the members of the rookie club were part of this, but we had a uh community event here at the Star in Frisco and it was with one of the local elementary schools and it's called Everybody Plays. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was a full class, it was like I believe it was fifth graders, but um Students with special needs the gym portion the PE is sometimes difficult for them and mm-hmm. so what this was was it was um the special needs kids and the rest of the class and they were all here and we put them basically through what we do with the football youth camps mm-hmm. and then we also had a couple of the the cheerleaders I believe it was Jada and Tori we had a uh, the kids were in groups, and they would go around to like four different groups and take part in the either the little cheer dance or um, running some different drills. Dennis Houston was part of it. Avion Collins, who was an offensive lineman for us last year, was part of it, and Juanier. Mm-hmm. And to see the way he interacted with those kids, especially the special needs kids, I mean, it's just like. Yeah. I mean, they, they were all wonderful with all the kids, but Wanye especially, that enthusiasm it was infectious. And so I remember uh, just taking a brief little video and um, posting it on social media, and then Wanye's mother saw it. I tagged Wanye, and then Wanye's mother saw it and reposted it and made some kind of nice comment and stuff. So um, that's the joy of this job, is getting to know some of the guys and see the what they do off the field Mm -hmm. or uh, tangentially as members of the, the Dallas Cowboys. And so that's why you're rooting hard for guys
2: like this can attest to that during the hospital visits, uh, in in, in, uh christmas time i was in tears everybody was in tears so definitely can attest to that we're gonna take our first break aisha i know you are chomping at the bit with these notes i see i see your key matchups over here (laughs) i'm sure christy Uh, got some you're ready to go we do have a special guest coming up in our next uh segment we'll talk all about that here in just a minute but first let's take our first break text us your questions 817-290-3298 we'll be right back this is girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we are going to get into some of the key matchups with your dallas cowboys and the new york giants but first experience the feeling of game day every day at the miller lighthouse at the star now open just steps away from the tostitos championship plaza miller lighthouse features a cooler full of grab-and-go beverages and snacks tailgate games a recharging lounge at dallas cowboys photo op and uh complimentary services for more info you can visit the star district uh, the Star dot com slash Miller Lighthouse. There, okay. Ladies, let's get into it real quick. Text us all your questions, 817-290-3298. Let us know uh, what you want to know about your Dallas Cowboys playing the Giants on Sunday night. In the meantime, we are going to start getting into uh, a lot of these key matchups. We should have a special guest calling in here in the next few minutes or so. But real quick before she calls in, ladies, I want to start by saying... This is such an exciting week already. And then you add the level of this is a divisional component into the mix and how important it is for the Cowboys to get off to a winning start within this division. Can Christy, let's let's start with you and then we'll jump to Ayesha. What has it been like for you to see the NFC East just grow as a division overall?
0: Well, it was the NFC least for a few years. And <laughs> then rough. last year, it three of the four teams not only made the playoffs, but advanced to the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so that's the thing about uh, the the Giants. They kind of barely slid into the postseason at 9-7-1, and one, but then they won their wild card game uh, over Minnesota and then uh, lost in the divisional round to Philadelphia. What's interesting is when they were getting on their roll, the thing about this Giants team this thing about that coaches talk about learning to win they were excellent at close games they had some comebacks Mm. in the fourth quarter and second half so this team when it comes to the games that are so so close and most of them in the NFL are they were able to come through and get the victories what's interesting if you just look statistically again this is a team that advanced uh, to the divisional round yet last year were outscored by their opponents there you go so what does that tell you it tells you they had a lot of close games but with those nine wins it's they were it's a lot of these comebacks and able to eke it out
2: yeah yeah. real quick we do have our special guest on the phone and i know she's on a bit of a time crunch so we will get we're gonna have you stew on that question um Ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited to have a special guest back on with us that was on last season. That is none other than Madeline Burke. She covers the New York Giants with the Giants and then Madeline, you just do so much. I can't even keep up anymore. How are you? (laughs) Thanks so much for coming back on with us. I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. Thrilled to be joining you ladies today. Absolutely. Let's get right to it. So Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants, uh, Sunday night football. Madeline, what are some of the key, key things that on this side of the ball for the Cowboys and Cowboys fans alike that they need to look out for when it comes to the New York Giants and the strengths that have really
1: been built upon in the offseason for you guys? Well, I think the biggest thing is this year's Giants isn't last year's Giants. I mean, as much as there are the core pieces still intact, they made a lot of offensive upgrades, you know, of course, trading for Darren Waller, um, getting Paris Campbell on the offensive side of the ball, drafting the wide receiver Jalen Hyatt. Um, that receiving core and that that skill position core really has been elevated dramatically from last year, and you know this is a, a team in which you know last season Daniel Jones he set you know career highs in passing yards and passing touchdowns and passer rating when he was throwing to the likes of Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James as his his main wide receivers. Um, now and and no disrespect to either of those guys, you know Isaiah Hodgins still on the roster, but. You know now that they've elevated that receiving core room and and gotten a you know a big target in Darren Waller as well um, it's going to be interesting for Giants fans to see what kind of growth this offense takes um, now that there are you know some more tools in the toolbox
3: yeah so This is Aisha, by the way, (laughs) But since we're staying on that side of the ball, um, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Evan Neal Um, to his standards and to a lot of folks that saw him coming out of the draft. He had a bit of a down year, um, his rookie year. What improvements have you seen from him and how do you think he matches up against the Marcus Lawrence that gave him some fits in the first game last year?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's going against Demarcus Lawrence for a rookie. That's fair. That's fair, man. That's fair. And uh, it's when Evan Neal was drafted into the National Football League, one of the biggest points of emphasis was his durability. Yes. Right. In, in his college career, he had barely ever missed a game, hadn't really dealt with injury. But last year he was dealing with several injuries and it was the mm. first time in his football career that he had to play kind of hurt and play through them and and deal with managing that um and that's something that's new for an athlete to manage but managing that in your rookie year at the nfl as well Mm -hmm. is going to be difficult so um he is healthy this year which i think is the biggest difference for him um and i would anticipate you know that second year growth a lot of people are giving that comparison to andrew thomas right because andrew thomas at the left side the left tackle the New York Giants, you know, he came in and really struggled his rookie year, but then his sophomore year made a huge jump. Last year was one of the best tackles in the NFL, um, just signed a, a significant deal with the Giants to stay for the next several years as well. And so people are looking at Andy Thomas as a model of what could happen for Evan Neal as well. That being said, all people are different people, right? Evan Neal is his own guy. Um, he absolutely has Andrew Thomas as a mentor and an ally and, and somebody who's helping him learn, you know, how to play the tackle position, how to, how to manage things. But uh, the most significant element and, and, uh, aspect of what he went through last year was dealing with those injuries and playing hurt and playing through them. Now that he's healthy and now that he's kind of feeling fresh, I would anticipate seeing a much, uh, the Evan Neal that we expected coming out of college.
3: Thank you for that.
0: I'd like to take it to the defensive side of the ball for the Giants because a lot of change in the defensive backfield and the two rookies at cornerback and Adoree Jackson moving inside. And we presume uh, that he'll be playing uh, slot, so might be matched up against C.D. Lamb yeah. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. again. But 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 what, what do you see with um, – I don't think it's a surprise that um, uh, Deontay Banks, a first-round pick, is starting, but that you have uh, Trey Hawkins. I think it, that's a new name for a lot of Cowboy fans. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, it's a very new name. I mean, he was a sixth round pick out of Old Dominion. And I don't think even, you know, Giants fans expected him to see much playing time, let alone win that starting corner spot. But he absolutely has. Um, and, you know, Trey and Tay, Deontay Banks, who, you know, Cowboys seem may not know this yet, but he actually goes by Tay now, so we're trying to get everyone on board with that because he's like, this is, you know, this is what it is. So Trey and Tay are on the outside, and the two of them, you would think that they grew up together with the amount of time they spend together. It's great. Um, but watching these two rookies and, and the way they've shut things down so far in the preseason – Adoree Jackson sliding into the slot, as you mentioned. I mean, he's faced CeeDee Lamb quite a bit already last year. You remember that matchup where CeeDee had that one-handed touchdown catch that Adoree remembers quite well. And he said, hey, listen, it was a great throw, great catch. Um, Got to kind of tip your hat to that, show some respect, but get back up there and, and play that play another down. You know, they saw each other on a couple plays, but now that Adoree will likely be in the slot I would anticipate that those two will be spending a lot of time together on Sunday night. Um, It's going to be a matchup to watch and listen, while the rookie corners have impressed, they are still rookies, So there are still questions about what it's going to look like, not just when you're playing a regular season NFL game, but of course their very first regular season game is under the Sunday night football lights. It's going to be, you know, a lot of nerves for these young guys. How will they handle it? Of course, in a rookie year, you're expecting some moments of, of teachability, but, um, you know, I, I'm I'm anticipating it'll be a good one, and especially with Adory kind of leaning into that leadership role for these guys as well. He said, you know, I remember being the young guy and vets like Logan Ryan um, kind of coming to me and, and telling me, this is how you navigate, this is how you move in, in these spaces. And he goes, now I'm the veteran, and, and he's really embraced that role and um, helped these guys along
2: very good stuff Madeline my next question for you is about a guy named Darren Waller uh you might know him very well cowboy uh, the Cowboys the Giants acquired him uh on a three-year deal this off season this morning in a press conference Mike McCarthy said that he's a focal point and the most interesting part of seeing him play in his Giants debut will be how the Giants utilize him what have you seen from him in your time that you've gotten to see him in practices and training camp and all of that time
1: He's a guy who stands out on the field. He is a big man and it's funny because he's, you know, a tight end. He works with the tight ends quite a bit, but he also spends some time working with the receivers. And Darius Slayton, one of the Giants wide receivers, made a joke. said, listen, you know, when he's working with the receivers, that's great, but I have to make a point not to stand next to him because <laughs> I don't dare be photographed standing next to Darren Waller. It's going to make me look small. <laughs> and um, Waller is a big body target, somebody who has become an early favorite. I mean, the one series that, that we saw the starters get in the preseason Daniel Jones went to Darren Waller the first three plays. Um, That being said, you know, we know how much Daniel Jones has a chemistry with the tight end position as well. Last year, you know, the amount of targets Daniel Bellinger got um, out of that spot as well. So the option of adding Darren Waller, whether it be in the tight end, whether it be, um, you know, running some two tight end sets or having him line up as a receiver, he is such a versatile player and, you've seen the evolution of the game so much so that positional versatility is is so much more common right the tight end isn't this kind of position that's in a box that you must block or you must do this or you must do that he's he's a football player he's a skill position player he's a fantasy flex player um and he's become somebody who you know makes plays on a regular basis and outside of the highlight play interception that Jason Pinnock had on him in training camp Uh, it's really he's he's been tough to defend
3: yeah um, I expect to see a lot of Darren on third down Mm -hmm. which is uh, which is a key element to kind of some of the matchups I'm looking at just the Giants struggling on last on third down last year Um, I believe he's going to be a big target for Daniel Jones on on those third down plays Um, my question for you is I really want to know what you have seen from um I, it slipped me it's oh Kayvon Thibodeau Kayvon Thibodeau oh. yes he is another gentleman that dealt with some injuries his you know his his first year um I know he's really looking to bounce back this year what are some things you've seen from him in practice How's his camp gone I would really love to know
1: yeah Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojalari both on the outside um are both coming in healthy, which is going to be helpful for this team because last year both of them dealt with injury. Aziz is a year ahead of Kayvon, and Aziz had set the rookie sack record the year prior. So last season, Kayvon looked at that and said, oh, I want to beat that. And he was very focused on kind of collecting those sacks, collecting those numbers. He acknowledged that, though, this summer and this spring, saying I don't really want to focus so much on – having a certain number that I want to hit. I would rather focus on executing and making the plays and making my assignments and let the sacks find themselves. He goes, that being said, you know, Aziz and I are definitely going to be meeting at the quarterback quite a bit and we plan to. So, you know, he's, he's taken the pressure off of himself of here's a certain number of sacks that I want to hit and forcing it and saying, all right, let me just execute my fundamentals and go back to the basics and trust that those things will come. Um, And he also, you know, he's a very wise young man as well. And he said, you know, if you're not evolving and you're not changing the game's going to go away from you. And he said, he watches tape of himself from last year and sometimes he'll cringe, not because it's bad, but because he's like, Ooh, I was, I had so much to learn in that moment and being able to reflect back on those times and saying, okay, here's who I was as a player. Here's who I am now. And here's how I want to be is the way that Kayvon's approaching this season, um, The fact that he and Aziz are both healthy on the outside, on the edge, is going to be uh, is gonna be good for this Giants defense, so if they can say so.
0: I got one last player I want to ask you about, because uh, he's a rookie, and I don't know how much he's going to get in, but Jalen Hyatt, because uh, folks who are tuned in to this podcast, a lot of them love college football as well. He was the Bolitnikoff Award uh, winner at yeah. University of Tennessee. How much do you think that he's going to be uh, used in this opener, and how are they using him or have used him through um, camp and preseason?
1: Well, the college football fans listening will absolutely remember that game against Alabama uh, in which he scorched the Crimson Tide, and that one really put him on the radar. The fact that he felt the third round um, was a steal for the Giants, a lot of people I think in this organization are thinking, because when you look at a player coming out of college, it's important to contextualize there's a difference between what a player can do and what a player is asked to do. And when a player is asked to do a limited amount of things and execute it, executes those things. Well, that's great. But sometimes, you know, folks might uh, oversimplify and say, well, that's all that this player can do when in fact, you know, Jalen Hyatt has shown that he can do a lot more than that. You know, he's got a lot of explosiveness and speed of course is one of his go-to uh, points of pride. You know, the players on the practice field wear GPS trackers to make sure You know, they're uh, getting the right amount of work in and they're balancing things and such. And uh, his GPS tracker, the top speed that he's hit has been over 24 miles per hour multiple times. And for context, the fastest recorded speed in an NFL game is 23.2, and that's Tyreek Hill. So, granted, he he this GPS, yeah, wow. granted, this GPS hitting 24 miles per hour multiple times. Now, this is in shells. This is not in full pads and all that. So the full pads might slow him down a little bit. But still, this guy is fast. He's and sad. that's something that, you know, people are noticing. And, you know, you see his limited action or, you know, you see a lot of his action in the preseason. You know, early on in that Jets game, he created so much separation from Sauce Gardner. That people were kind of running that back, like let me see that again. Um, wait, wait, I, I'm, I,
0: I'm sorry, you said run away from Sauce Gardner. That's that's that's. <laughs> we thought that was not possible. Right, I know. If
1: you watch, if you watch in that first quarter of the game against the Jets, Jalen Hyatt had a play in which he created so much separation. This man is fast. Now that being said, you know. Uh, I'm one to tamper expectations on rookies because, again, you know you got it. You still a lot to learn in the National Football League. But he can get when he gets open field, it, it's like a blur, and that's been a lot of fun to watch. And they're, you know, getting creative with him. He's gotten a lot of run with the starters, um, being a speed guy, and in a in an offense that has really prioritized speed in this off season with the additions that you know I mentioned, bringing Paris Campbell over from the Colts. He's another fast guy. Darius Slayton, you know, uh, he's a guy who, out of Auburn, was known for his speed. He dealt with some hamstring injuries early on in his career, but now that he's healthy and he's got his kind of – a little bit got his confidence back after restructuring his deal last year, taking a pay cut to stay with the Giants, and kind of re-earning the trust of the organization, and then agreeing to a contract on the offseason. season um Slayton's another speed guy. The offense and the way the Giants have structured it has been around um, opening things up, prioritizing it, and being able to spread the ball down the field a little mm-hmm. bit. And Jalen Hyatt, I think, is going to be an absolute uh, factor in that.
2: Madeline, we appreciate you so much. You always give us such good stuff when we have you on the show. Yeah, baby, she answered all my questions. This is the best. <laughs> Absolutely the best. <laughs> okay. you. Real quick before we go, is there any injury updates on uh, the Giants' side of things that are worth noting ahead of tomorrow?
1: Ahead of tomorrow, nothing um, significant. Of course, the Giants did not practice today. Um, you know, we're still kind of looking at, you know, no players that are listed as DNPs for what practice would be today. There's a couple guys, you know, dealing with some things that. Uh, but you know, nothing significant to note at this point.
2: Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Madeline, for joining us. Always an honor talking to you and hopefully we'll get to talk to you, uh, again, come November. And if you're traveling, uh, to MetLife, which uh, I'm sure you are, enjoy the game. And, uh, if anybody sees you and their Cowboys fans giving you a hard time, let us
1: know. (laughs) Appreciate you, appreciate you. As much as it's a rivalry on the field, it's all love. Thank you so much. All love is Madeline. Thanks so much, Madeline.
2: We're gonna take our last break of this segment. When we come back, we're gonna continue talking about some key matchups in Sunday's game against the Giants. We'll be right back. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. welcome back to girls talk boys talk presented by jigsaw the preferred dating partner of the dallas cowboys we're going to continue talking all things cowboys and giants but first a fan favorite market at the star presented by flea style will take place on saturday september 9th from 10 a.m to 4 p.m out on the tostitos championship plaza come shop from 50 plus local makers offering art fashion decor and more at this free outdoor market visit the for more information you know i love when these things say free i oh, know i love that <laughs> you get so excited that's my favorite word i know free. i love it okay well uh if you have any questions during this last segment please shoot us a text at 817-290-3298 we would love to answer them for you ladies i love having having madeline on no, always yeah. she is great such a great guest on this podcast um we're gonna try to do that for you guys throughout the course of the season of getting you know some looks from the other side i think it's really important uh to do that and and we hear perspective from opposing teams as well but let's get into it let's talk about it aisha i left you on a bit of a cliffhanger there the NFC East mm. no longer the NFC Least. It's now the NFC Beast. What have you noticed from the growth of the NFC East over the course of the last few years? Just the
3: coaching. A lot of it starts with the coaching changes that Absolutely. have been made. I mean, what Dayball and those gentlemen have done over there. I really wanted to ask Madeline about it, but we got so we got so caught up in other stuff. But just the <laughs> culture. They're trying to change their culture too. They're trying to change how they play football. You mentioned the fact that they, um, Christy, you mentioned the fact that they learned how to win games. Those are things that you know that have to be taught. Like you have to figure out how to do that. Coaches have to be situationally aware. And I, and I agree. That's something that I thought that they they did well last year. But also they flipped their roster a lot, similar a lot, yeah. similar as well. And sometimes that's what you have to do to improve. When you look at Philly. They went back to a Super Bowl last year after bringing in a new DC, um, changing their OC. Actually, their head coach was their OC. They said maybe not. Brought in Steichen, changes, making adjustments, and then even on for the Commanders, they're looking. They're still looking for their quarterback. But once they find mm-hmm. their quarterback both sides of those ball like their skill position they've drafted well their skill positions on the offensive side of the ball their defensive line is one of the better ones in the league they added Emmanuel Forbes to their secondary they are doing things and it takes sometimes it takes time to get your draft right and for things to start falling your way the improvement that i've seen really is from the draft process from from all those teams but also the ability to say Hey, this isn't working. Let's change out our, our coaching staff. Bring some new guys in. Get some new, mm, some new, a new attitude to take on. And I've been impressed with them. I really do think that if it's still competitive this year, the NFC East could be the most competitive uh, division in um, on the NFC in yeah. the NFC rather. And you make such a great point, particularly when it comes to coordinators. And that's the
0: thing about the Giants is this is this off season. There's continuity from last year mm-hmm. to this year with Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka, and uh, who's the offensive coordinator. And so Daniel Jones and ha- has had now a full off season yes. to work with these guys and stuff. And so. Um, and Martindale is very uh, aggressive yeah. mm-hmm. when it comes to sending extra folks. Uh, they blitz a lot. They did it last year, and so it's going to be a challenge, especially if you if there are if there is an injury situation. If Tyler Smith's unable to play, if Tyron Smith is unable to play, and you you've got. Uh, young running backs and you got young tight ends and everyone needs to be able to communicate when when you're having to uh, pick up some uh, extra pass rusher so it's going to be very interesting and and I'm so glad Aisha that you asked Madeline about Thibodeau Mm -hmm. because they you know like to use him he's he's a pass rusher Mm -hmm. and kind of the way the Cowboys have liked to use Michael Parsons Mm -hmm. and so that's going to be a really big thing is to yeah because their their front is is their strength with Dexter Lawrence who made the Pro Bowl last year Leonard Williams they're uh, an anchor of the line so this is gonna this is tough for any offensive line if it's all hands on deck but if you're shorthanded it makes it worse
2: something I wanted to make sure to mention too Chris you mentioned Daniel Jones and let's go Mm -hmm. over a little bit of what he did last season he averaged about 200 passing yards per game he had 27 touchdowns nine interceptions And then he rushed, uh, give or take, about 40 rushing yards per game. So Daniel Jones not really one to use his legs a lot. However... Because they short up that offensive line during the offseason. You saw the addition of John Michael Schmitz, who, <laughs> from what I've been hearing, looked pretty good. He's their second round draft pick. He could be an upgrade for them in a very weak spot of their O line. This means you could see Daniel Jones have that RPO a little bit more. Do I think so? I don't think that's really his style, but it's an option. It could throw people off. It gives him the time and ability to use it if he wants to with a short up O line, but Overall, I I think he's still going to be more of a pass-heavy quarterback, and maybe you don't see it as much as he's capable of doing with the pass game in this game than you will in November. But I think come November, you're going to see a very different Daniel Jones than you're going to see in this game. I think this is just going to give you a little taste. I want to count him out, guys. I, I think Daniel Jones has like you said Chris all the ingredients working in his favor to be a very productive quarterback this yeah. well this season. they
0: certainly added those uh, weapons in the passing game Waller and and uh, Jalen Hyatt Hodges came in and really provided uh, a big boost to that passing game he only played seven games at the end of uh, last season as a giant but but did a lot in the limited time that he had uh, let's see four touchdowns three receptions is 25 yards plus so he's a uh, he's a big play guy but the thing about Daniel Jones is thanks to his over 700 yards rushing last year the Giants were the number four rated rush team last year Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley and then with Daniel Jones seven rushing TDs by the way there are a lot of NFL running backs that would love to have seven TDs and yet Daniel Jones had it as as a quarterback (laughs) so um yeah he's kind of sneaky fast and um yeah to to your point Jess I don't think it's going to be designed runs as many no. this year just because they've they've uh, added so much to the passing arsenal and they paid him yeah four, 40 million dollars you know yeah and he, they he, paid he, him he, he's basically he's basically got dax contract from mm-hmm. a few years back so yeah. what four years 160 92 million guaranteed
3: yeah with 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 um Dayball coming in, he brought in a little bit of the system that he had with the Bills with Jonathan uh, with Josh, Josh Allen, Allen rather, mm-hmm. and so that's what you, that's where you which, where you saw some of the RPO run action. It's actually a lot of run action. They really mm-hmm. do a lot off off of play action, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that last year, to your point, Christy, was the fact that um, they didn't have a whole bunch of skill players they didn't have as much options so what they do offensively they create a lot of misdirection mm-hmm. motion they're trying to get the ball out and um set up they set up a lot of what they do off of the run to your point you brought up uh well I think yeah you did you brought up John Michael Schmitz I thought he was fantastic coming out of the draft really gritty um great leverage He can get rookie to the center. second level He have yeah. the rookie center um I Jonathan Hankins, that's actually one of the matchups I'm looking for, is Jonathan Hankins and Oso Odigizua, how they fare up against this rookie. Because I do think that if Daniel Jones does have opportunities in short yardage situations, mm-hmm. getting, he, John Michael Schmidt is the type of center that you get behind and you run. He has that in him. So those, that's a key matchup I was looking at, and so I'm glad that you mentioned it. But what they do offensively, I do, to your point, I think they might calm down some of his running. And he better learn how to slide.
0: Yeah, slide.
3: That it—that's one thing that I noticed about yeah. him rewatching a lot of tape from last year. Pull yourself together. <laughs> was the fact that if he wants to elongate his career, he has to learn how to slide. He took some crazy Oof. contact last year, yeah. and um, I'm sure they want to preserve him to be the quarterback over time. So, yeah, Bebe.
2: Slide. <laughs> better be careful. Slide. slide. Better I'm be not careful out there. Together. Real <laughs> quick, ladies, I'm gonna go around the table. We are short on time, mm-hmm. but. Who is your breakout star that you're projecting for this game? We're going back to the Cowboys side of things. Who's having a great game? Who's kicking off the season on the right tone for themselves, for the team? You have to pick one guy, one guy only offensively, defensively. Special teams if you want to go that route. Who is it? Kirstie, H- you go
3: first. No. Nope.
2: Uh-uh. For picking on me, you get to go first. Barnabas. Uh-uh. Uh, I would
3: say Tony
2: Pollard. Oh, there you go. Okay. yeah, love that. Um, I'll say its. Um, you can't have the same one, ok. Well, yeah. then,
3: uh,
0: I'm going to go special teams and say Brandon Aubrey because you want you want to set a good tone. You want to, you know, rookie first NFL game. You want to develop the trust of teammates and coaches, and of course, fans. So I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people think it is. And so uh, we need to have Brandon Aubrey come out of the gate
2: quickly. I...
0: And I'm, accurately,
2: I love uh, accurately. Yes, I'm going to go very basic. Dak Prescott. Yeah, I, I'm going very basic absolutely. with this, and and I don't care. It's basic. Dak Prescott. I, I love that the topic of conversation surrounding him today has been how he deals with the scrutiny and just over scrutiny that he gets being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys for no reason at all. I'm so excited for him to put the narrative out there that. Their interception, who? Who is that? I'm so excited for him to uh, have such a strong season ahead of him he has all the targets he needs Brandon cooks he has his strong tight end room he has uh, four really running backs to his utilization Tony Pollard ready to step up Dak Prescott has all the weapons around him so I'm just so excited to see him back on the field yeah there we go it's about that time that didn't hype you up I don't know what will healthy camp
3: all that stuff yep. yeah yeah it's, it's a big deal for him this year it,
2: absolutely all right ladies we aren't back here until Monday at four o'clock we're back to our regular regularly slotted programming which will be Monday through Thursday at four so make sure to mark your calendars uh set your calendars at uh what is it you're 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 in a meeting or something you're Mm. you're not available you're just Mm. not available you're watching girls talk boys talk so uh christy have a great time at the game please stay safe traveling we can't wait to hear all about uh what you see from the sidelines on monday's episode until then, y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe as well watching the game wherever you're watching it. Go be amazing. And for Jess, Aisha, and Christy, this has been Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We will talk to you on Monday. Ooh. This has
0: been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!